This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Alexa Dat, and today we are talking Mets baseball. We bring in our Mets reporter for MLB.com, Anthony DiComo. Anthony, we got winter meetings just around the corner, and the Mets, who traded away key pieces to their team last summer, have a bunch of holes to fill. So let's go ahead and start with their bullpen. They've got A.J. Ramos, Jerry's Familia, Jerry Blevins. Give me a piece that the Mets are considering adding to their pen that you believe is going to happen. Well, the good news is that there's a pretty big pool of of guys uh, that are available in free agency, really solid track record bullpen guys. Um, you look at the obvious ones, uh, the closers up top, Wade Davis and Greg Holland. I, I don't see the Mets shopping in that market, but you look at one step down, the Brandon Morrows of the world, the Brian Shaws of the world, Addison Reed, who obviously uh, the Mets know well. I, I would have put Mike Miner into that category before he just signed a deal of, reportedly to become a starting pitcher. Um, but those are the types of guys that the Mets are going to look at, and their thinking is that if they all of a sudden put this all together and they have a back end of the bullpen that Camelia and, and A.J. Ramos and Jerry Blevins, and then you add on, say, a Brian Shaw or a Brandon Morrow, um, that's four really legitimate back end pieces for the bullpen. And uh they might not stop there, uh, but that's at the minimum is, is what they're looking at doing. Uh, so, you know, the idea is not just improve the bullpen, but take some strain off the starting rotation, which has obviously had both injury and performance issues in the recent past. And, um, you know, you look around baseball and, and especially into October, the teams that do well tend to be ones that have the best bullpen. So the Mets very much uh, want to be among that group. They haven't really taken this tact since Sandy Alderson became GM in 2011, but uh, clearly the thinking has changed, and, and that is their top priority. All right, let's move on to second base. We talked last week about a possible reunion with Neil Walker, but Mets are also not opposed to bringing in a second baseman via trade, like an Ian Kinsler or Cesar Hernandez. Do you see the Mets adding an infielder via trade or signing a free agent? Yeah, it, it's, it's difficult to say, and the reason why I say that is because you know, most of the splashier names that you see out there, you just mentioned, you would have to get via trade. Uh, outside of Neil Walker, uh, there aren't really a lot of enticing second base options on the free agent market. Um, and, you know, when, when you're targeting one single player, that doesn't always work out. So it would make sense, certainly, for the Mets to try to be aggressive on the trade market. But they don't have a lot of assets to trade. Um, they don't have a very strong farm system right now, particularly not at the upper levels, which teams generally generally look for. Uh, they don't have a budget that's going to allow them to take on a ton of salary like you would need to do in a D. Gordon trade, for example. And they don't have a lot of depth at the big league level of guys they could trade away. Um, 
you know, going into last year, maybe you could have said they trade a starting pitcher. And while I'm sure teams will still ask this winter, uh, you know, if you get rid of a Robert Kesselman, for example, then you're leaving yourself pretty in a tough spot with the rotation, especially knowing that five of your top, or at least four of your top seven guys have uh, what I would call lengthy injury histories. So it's, it's going to be difficult. I do think it makes sense for the Mets to explore every avenue on the trade option on the trade market, because there are such really enticing names available. I'm just not sure if it's going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, you know, the Mets could pivot either to a Neil Walker um, or, you know, the, break glass emergency plan, they could move Estrubal Cabrera to second base and focus their energies more on acquiring a third baseman. So a lot of ways they could go. Um, the good part, I guess, the glass half full way you could look at it is that they have a lot of options in terms of how they can proceed to fill what is a very big need for them. Um, but yeah, a trade for a second baseman does make a lot of sense if they can pull it off. For their needs at first base, team is looking for a hybrid player, so I'm going to play first, but also play in the outfield when needed. Who do you believe fits that description that we could see playing in orange and blue next year? Yeah, there's a bunch. Jay Bruce, uh, Adam Lind, Logan Morrison, those, those are the types of guys. And, and you know, you nailed it. The, the key is someone who can do both, uh, particularly at the beginning of the season. Uh, the Mets need a little outfield depth. They don't know what's going to happen with Michael Conforto, who's coming back from shoulder surgery. They don't know what kind of shape that shoulder is going to be in in February. They won't know until February, and really until March when they start playing in games at full speed and, and you get those baseball reps. So having someone who could step in and essentially be an everyday outfielder in, in April would go a long way toward using their minds. And then you look longer term, uh, question marks about Dominic Smith, uh, Sandy Alderson has been open in saying that Smith did not do enough to win the job down the stretch last year when he was playing every day in, in August and September. He hit under 200, uh, showed power, yes, but defensively uh, did not look at all like what his reputation was. So to get someone else in there, uh, like a Bruce, like a Morrison, like a Lind, who can play first base and potentially can play first base all season if Dominic Smith is, is not ready, or at least until he's he's really you know in good shape to come up and and the Mets feel that he's ready to come up and not go back down again. Uh, that would help them a lot. That would do wonders, and, and that way you don't have to you don't have to acquire two pieces, a first baseman and an outfielder independently. You don't have to find the budget for both of them. You don't have to find almost more importantly the playing time for both of them. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to go for a hybrid. Anthony, if I'm a Mets fan, I'm hearing these names, Jay Bruce, Neil Walker, Addison Reed, and I'm thinking to myself, they were already on our team. Why are we considering reunions rather than bringing in new blood? Yeah, it, it's it's a great question. Um, I don't have a great answer for you. I, I, I think what the Mets are trying to do this offseason is almost less about player acquisition because frankly they don't have the budget for it they've got a lot of guys who went up in arbitration dollars this year are about to go up in arbitration dollars that once young once cheap starting rotation of jacob Degrom and and matt harvey and noah Syndergaard, uh those guys have all hit arbitration now and they're getting expensive um jacob Degrom's probably going to make around nine million dollars this year whereas he was once making the league minimum and everyone's going up uh, Julius familia travis darno wilmer flores across the diamond so you look at that, and then the Mets have been open that they don't want to add payroll. In fact, they want to reduce payroll from the $155 million that it was at last year. So 
the point I'm trying to make is they're not able financially to shop in the top sectors of the market. They can't go after a Giancarlo Stan in the trade market, for example, or a Wade Davis, Greg Holland in the closer market that would take up all of their budget. Um, they're looking to improve the team in other ways. Uh, they're looking to improve the team via a new manager, McCalloway, a new coaching staff, a new training staff, which is they're in the process of vetting right now, hiring more people, really regulating the way they go about their daily business in, in, a, in a way that they haven't in the past. Um, now, the skeptic says, does that turn a 79-win team into a 90-win team? No, probably not. Um, but the Mets do feel that if they can keep what they have healthy, uh, that's an inefficiency that they can exploit, and that will do as much for their team as going out and, and acquiring bigger names or even just different names. And this isn't going to be the exact same team, but I, but I do understand what you're saying, and it will when all is said and done, probably be similar to what you've seen the past couple of years. Something that Sandy Alderson talked about this summer was adding uh, another starter, potentially if Steven Matz and Zach Wheeler weren't able to stay healthy. But recently, you know, he's, he's changed his tune on that. What do you think the likelihood is that they add a starter during the winter meetings? During the winter meetings, I would say almost none. Uh, if they do add a starter this offseason, which I, I personally think they should, I don't know why they're turning their backs on this. I think it's it's the realities of a budget, but I think you look at the, the Mets rotation as currently constituted, you could really, really use some depth there, a, a veteran guy who could who could come out and, and give you, you know, at a minimum 150 solid innings that you know what you're going to get. Um but it, it just doesn't sound like they have the appetite to do that right now. Um, they're looking to improve their rotation again by keeping guys healthy, by expanding the bullpen's role, focusing on that. Um, if they do add a starting pitcher, I won't say it's impossible, but I think it will be more of one of those January-type deals where maybe a guy's market has fallen. Maybe you can get someone on a cheaper one- or two-year deal because they don't want to commit to a starting pitcher long-term, certainly. Um, so as far as something happening on, on, in that arena at the winter meetings, I, I just don't see it right now. All right. As we wrap up our winter meetings preview, Anthony, I want to ask you your most memorable winter meetings moment or season uh, and what happened. Most memorable winter meetings moment. You know, I, I remember um, always my first one, which was in Las Vegas in, in 2008. Um, Omar and I was the GM and, the Mets pulled a late-night three-team trade for, for J.J. Putts, um, and it was a kind of a wild winter meeting, and I remember uh, Omar and I standing at the podium and saying um, something to the effect of, you know, I was walking through the streets of New York into the bagel shops of New York, and the, and the Mets fans said, get me a, get us a closer, so I went out and got a closer. And More recently, I think um, 2013, the winter meeting, uh, when the Mets went out and signed Curtis Granderson, um, they signed Bartolo Colon, and after years of really doing little to nothing over the offseason, it was a clear sign that this team was ready to spend again, and this team was ready to compete again after all of the Bernie Madoff madness and so many losing seasons from from 2009 all the way up uh, you know, through, through 2013. Um, that was a big one. That was an important one for the Mets, and obviously it paid dividends. Uh, Granderson and Cologne, both part of that playoff run, the World Series run in 2015 um, and onward. And I think it was the start of what has been a, a more exciting time the past three years for, 
for Mets fans. So that that one definitely was a uh, was a memorable one as well. All right, a lot to look forward to before the winter meetings happen next week. Uh, we will definitely be checking in on Twitter, Anthony, as you are going to have all sorts of breaking news, I'm sure, for us down there. Uh, enjoy your travels down there and uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, enjoy the winter meetings. Okay, no problem. Thanks.